Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. You know our trusted partner, TireRack.com, for their fast, free shipping, free road hazard protection, convenient installation options, and their great selection of best tires, like the highly consumer-rated General Grabber ATX. But did you know they sell other automotive products? Wheels, brakes, suspension, just to name a few. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at First, first Listen. Listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Straight Fire with Jason McIntyre. What is up, Straight Fire fam? It's me, Jason McIntyre. Straight Fire for Friday, July 22nd, the month of July just flying by. We had big, 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 huge NFL news on Thursday. It happened to break while I was on the herd with Cowherd, so that's always a plus. We'll get to Kyler Murray shortly. Our guest today is off the hook. If you like gambling, if you like fantasy, if you like football, which is everybody who listens to this podcast, Aaron Schatz is the guy for you, the football outsiders. He comes on. We gloss over some of the teams, the big picture issues. It's lovely. You are going to love it. Before that, a couple quick notes. This is what I called nerdy. I told uh, I met a couple dads for a quick drink on uh, Thursday night. Um, and I said, guys, I'm sorry I'm a little late. I had to go and scout my opponent for today's tennis match in this tennis tournament. I'm in. Again, 29 dudes in my 3.5 is the level if you know tennis. And three of them got buys. The defending champ, me, I made the semifinals last year, twice actually, and some other guy who I don't know. So I went to scout who I would be playing. So, you know, I roll up, shades, glasses, and I'm, I'm looking at some of the matches. I'm like, all right, where's this court? You know, I go see the guys. I'm like, this can't be it. Come on. I mean, it is granny tennis from, you know, two guys who were probably like 30, 35 years old. And I was like, I, there was some like, girl watching. I thought it was like one of the girlfriends or moms or whatever. 
or uh, not girlfriend's or wife. And I was like, so do you know which guy's which? And she was like, no, I have no idea. I, I'm here for that other match. And I was like, okay. So I, I'm watching, and you know, one guy's crushing the other. Neither has a good serve. The guy who's winning did not hit one backhand in all the points I saw because he was running around his backhand. And I'm like, oh my gosh. I mean, it was just like stand in the middle and hit the ball to each other and who made a mistake first. I was like, oh my goodness. And I text my daughter, hey, Bryn, if I lose to either of these guys, I might have to retire from tennis. Now, listen, I regret sending that because you know that's the kiss of death, thinking you're the man. So I go tell my buddies this. They start laughing. And um, listen, I'm competitive. I thought it was losery and nerdy. They were like, you're competitive. You want to win. I was like, it's a good point. You just made a very valid point. Thank you very much. Uh, and it's funny because it's not just for me. It's for like my my kids as well. Uh, my daughter and son play in this summer basketball league. It's mostly for fun locally. Uh, my daughter, for the second year in a row, is on a team with some of her buddies um, from her grade. And of course, the dads I'm friendly with, the coaches, you know, and they listen to the podcast. Their kids, well, one of them, big, big. Um, Bay Area fan. He goes to like Warriors games. He went to the Super Bowl. His name is Kyle. He, after the game, I was like, Kyle, man, you played great. You're, you're leading the league in deflections and floor burns. And he's like, you got to mention me on straight fire. And I was just like, this is awesome, you know? And, and I'm scouting, not not full on scouting, but I'm looking at the opponents they're playing, just like the other dads. And same for my son, you know? There was a couple of big games Thursday. My son had a bye. I was like, geez, should we stick around and, and, and check out our opponent on Sunday who my son knows well and it's going to be a great game. But um, like, I, just, I guess I'm just competitive like that. I don't know. I, I, it's something that's wired in me, whether it's sports debates, uh, chess, tennis, honestly, uh, FIFA, whatever game you want to play. Like, I just am kind of competitive at it. Not like off-puttingly competitive, but just like I want to win. And, you know, this dad basketball league we're in, obviously, we're now the uh, number one in the league. And, you know, all the guys are kind of excited. And I have this really nerdy idea. I'm not going to reveal it on this pod. Um, But I I have this idea to do for the team that I think would be cool. It's extremely nerdy. You guys will mock me when you see it on my Instagram if we we end up doing it. Um, I just think it's going to be awesome. And and I listen, I've said it a lot. You get one life, guys. You got to enjoy it. You got to live it up. You got to have the most fun you can. And um, I'm, I'm just trying to do that. You know, that's what I'm trying to do. And uh, let's, without further ado, oh, let me remind you guys, I will be on the herd again today with Cowherd. Chopping it up. Should be fun. Maybe NBA news will break. Who knows? Donovan Mitchell? We'll see. Um, as for Kyler Murray, I'll be brief because you guys know I've been pro-Kyler Murray throughout. I love the signing. I personally think he got more money than I thought he would. I, I'm Frankly, I'm a little stunned that he's going to be averaging 41 mil per. This is like such a massive, colossal win for Kyler Murray. I don't think people totally get. Deshaun Watson, who's accomplished more than Kyler, five years, 230, $46 million per year. So what did Kyler Murray get? Five years, 230.5 mil, 46 one million per year. His agent fought for it and got it. I want what Deshaun Watson got. Now, he did not get the fully guaranteed, Obviously, that's non-negotiable, and it sounds like Watson will be the outlier in that case. But Kyler Murray got 46 million. He's making $46 million. He has zero playoff wins. I know that the contracts are forward-looking, and I saw a really funny stat that the Oakland Athletics payroll is like 42 mil, <laughs> and Kyler Murray's going to be making 46 mil himself next year. Um, but it leads to the question, like, what should Lamar Jackson get? And undeniably, Lamar Jackson has accomplished more 
than Kyler Murray. He has an MVP. He has more playoff wins. I think he's an overall better quarterback than Kyler Murray. I don't think that's some incendiary take. I just think Lamar Jackson's an overall better quarterback. And I like Kyler Murray a lot. But I think the question becomes, like, does that mean Lamar gets 46.2 mil? Or does he angle more for the fully guaranteed, given he's a running quarterback, potentially injury prone? And to all these people out there who are like, that's crazy money, 46 mil. Guys, Bradley Beal is going to be making $50 million in his contract in a few years. Guaranteed 50 mil. Bradley Beal, who's accomplished less than Kyler Murray and Lamar Jackson. And he plays on a franchise that's going nowhere. They have no hope to win anything, and he's still making 50 mil. Sports contracts are crazy. Why? Because people love sports. People love watching sports. People love talking about sports. Podcasts, uh, digital. Sports are massive business. The TV rights are huge. They're not, going any, they're not going down anytime soon. Look at the social media feeds. I always joke to guys about this. Like, yeah, yeah, I know. I know uh, quarterbacks are huge, but, um, you know, like 20 guys in the NBA have larger Instagram followings than Aaron Rodgers or, or whoever. Maybe it's more than 20 for Aaron Rodgers. But it, it's, it's insane how popular these athletes are in the NBA and NFL. It's really ridiculous. Now, again, baseball is another story. You go look at, and again, that's, uh, social media is just one metric, and it doesn't mean a whole hell of a lot, but it can translate to jersey sales, all-star appearances, and so forth. But the popularity of these athletes and the contracts are only going up. So this idea that Lamar, oh, he's not worth 46 mil. Is anybody really? I mean, seriously. Like, you could say, okay, Tom Brady is worth it. He's done a lot. Well, is he going to do a lot in the next three years? Is Aaron Rodgers going to do a lot in the next three years? Was Kirk Cousins, when he was the highest paid quarterback in the league, was he worth it? No. You're betting on these guys and to keep them away from other teams and to make them happy and to show your franchise and fan base that we are committed to trying our best to win, you got to pay these guys. So I got no problem with any of these guys making big, big bank. None. And oh, by the way, the year before Kyler Murray got there, the Josh Rosen year, three and 13 with Steve Wilkes. He was one and done. Before that, Bruce Arians, they were seven, eight, and one. They did lose in the NFC Championship. They got obliterated by Cam Newton the year before that. But again, when you don't have a quarterback, you have no chance. And trust me, as a fan of the New York Jets, I am well aware of that fact. All right, without further ado, let's get to our guest, Aaron Schatz of the Football Outsiders. You know a guy. Jason likes to think he knows everything when it comes to sports. I know what sports fans want. But for everything he doesn't, he knows a guy who does. Let's just say, I know a guy who knows a guy who knows another guy. All right, let's welcome into Straight Fire a guy you know. There's a few guys better than him at producing information, gambling nuggets, fantasy nuggets. Aaron Schatz, Football Outsiders. How are you, man? I'm good. Uh, I've been working, 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 and now I'm ready for actual football. I'm ready for training camps. I'm ready for rumors to stop and actual play to begin. Okay, so we're recording this right after the Kyler Murray news, uh, Aaron. Uh, do you have a do you have a strong take either way on Kyler Murray signing a massive deal with the Cardinals? Um, you know, they really didn't have many other options. He's getting about the same per year as Deshaun Watson, but he didn't get it all guaranteed. We'll get that out of the way first. Anything? Yeah, you know, they talk about sort of there's three different kind of quarterbacks. Quarterbacks you win because of, quarterbacks you win with, and quarterbacks that you win despite. 
And I think Kyler Murray is definitely in the quarterbacks you win because of tier. Mm -hmm. Now, he may be the lowest guy in that tier, but he's in that tier. And when a guy comes up for contract in that tier, you pay him because he can win you games on his own. Okay, I would largely agree with that. Uh, it, the tw- internet Twitter, uh, what is it? Uh, NFL Twitter, if that's a thing, really does not seem to like Kyler Murray. I saw Greg Rosenthal taking a shot, Kevin Clark. I'm surprised the media doesn't like Murray, but uh, I'm with you, Aaron. I-, I-, I think you had to pay him the money. Uh, I do want to point out, at the jump, Aaron said he was working, working, working. I think that's an underplay. I mean, I just got the Football Outsiders Almanac, which is mandatory reading ahead of the NFL season. It's 539 pages. 539. It is so dense. Aaron, I, I didn't want to start with my Jets because I know people kind of fast forward through the Jets because they hate them. I want to start with the Patriots. But I have to give people, this is the kind of nugget that Aaron produces. The Jets had the lowest safety to cornerback cover ratio in the NFL last season, meaning the coverage was always almost always placed in the hands of the Jets' extremely young cornerback group. Now, Aaron, first question off that is, where do you get that lowest safety-to-cornerback coverage ratio? And can the regular Joe who's listening to this and knows that there's actionable gambling items, can they just find that on the internet, or do they have to just go to you guys for it? Well, we get data from our partners at Sports Info Solutions. They Mm -hmm. do all of the charting data for us. And so one of the things I get at the end of the season is who was in coverage, the main coverage guy on every play. So once I have that data, I add up all the coverage plays that were cornerbacks and all the coverage plays that were safeties. So you can get this data, for example, by going to the Sports Info Solutions Data Hub, which I believe is sisdatahub.com. But you would have to add up every individual cornerback and safety like individually and then compare them by team and all that. So I have a bunch of you know stuff that just does it for me automatically. Yes, yes. That that that's a great nugget because then the Jets go out in the offseason and we know they drafted a, a superstar at cornerback, Sauce Gardner, but they also picked up the kid from Seattle to be their number two corner. And you know, if you think back to Sala in San Fran, his defenses, he loved Richard Sherman, um, the press coverage, and you let everybody else kind of go crazy. I mean, again, I didn't want to start with the Jets and being excited, but Aaron, I'm sorry, I'm a little excited. Just a little bit. Here's the thing about the Jets. Um, You can tell the story of how the Jets take a big leap forward in 2022. We don't project that that's going to happen. We still project them as one of the worst teams in the league. But you can tell the story because of the added talent all over the roster, plus people coming back from injury. You talked about cornerbacks. Don't forget there's also two new safeties. There's Whitehead from Tampa Bay and LaMarcus Joyner, who missed all last year with injury. So uh, there's lots of good – there's good wide receivers. They have a reasonable offensive line. Brees Hall is our favorite running back prospect. Like there's lots of good stuff happening with the Jets. It's really hard to tell the story of how the Atlanta Falcons surprise and make the playoffs, (laughs) but it's not hard to tell the story of how it happens for the Jets. The problem for the Jets is that the biggest variable is the quarterback, Mm -hmm. and he was terrible last year. He was. Now, uh, Josh Allen came out and was, I thought, pretty terrible as a rookie in Buffalo, 52% completions, and then he made a leap, and then he made a quantum leap in year three. I'm not saying Zach Wilson is going to do that. He does not have uh, Brian Dable working with him. That being said, you know, if you're looking at a year two jump, 
Aaron, I would be willing to wager a steak dinner bet with you that Zach Wilson has a better year than your guy, Mac Jones, in New England, who will be without Josh McDaniels. And I think the Jets, given their upgrades, now have a better wide receiver room than your Patriots. Yeah, uh, that's an interesting bet. I think I'll take it, although... (laughs) Um, I'm also iffy on the Patriots offensive coordinator situation big time, but I am, I'm a Mac Jones believer, not that he can be one of the top five quarterbacks in the NFL because he can't be, but he came in with a high floor and he performed even, you know, better than anyone expected. And you're right about Wilson and improvement. Look, you don't write off quarterbacks after one year. The, the history is filled with quarterbacks who were awful as rookies mm-hmm. and were reasonable as sophomores. And by the time they got to the third and fourth year, they were stars. Now, you know, that doesn't mean they're going to turn things around to quite the extent that Josh Allen did, because Josh Allen is really a black swan because he was such a bad prospect coming into the league. But, I mean, it's certainly possible that Wilson takes a big jump. And that's one of the reasons why I say the story of how the Jets turn it around and make the playoffs is a much easier story to tell. Like Zach Wilson takes a big jump after one year is a way more likely story than Daniel Jones takes a big jump after three years. Yeah, yeah. Now, now Daniel Jones does have Dable at his services. You, you expect him to be a little bit better. And I will give defend Daniel Jones a little bit. All of his weapons were injured last year. I mean, Saquon's going to be healthy. Galladay. Um, yeah, we'll see receiver. how long that lasts. Yes, the guys yes, are going to be healthy. So I will say the Giants are our worst projected team we in the are, league or the NFC. In the league, what we like their head coach. We like their front office. We like what they're doing for the future. We don't like that roster for this year. Oh, geez. Uh, that That's not good to know. Uh, I think I bet the Giants to win the NFC East. Small potatoes, but um, let's start with the NFC East. Um, a lot of people like Philly. They added A.J. Brown. I think Cowboys regression, all the numbers kind of point to that. And then there's Carson Wentz. I don't know. It feels like a division that's kind of up for grabs. We know Dallas has struggled to go back-to-back years of quality. They don't do well when the pressure's on. Uh, losing Amari Cooper. Your thoughts on who, who's the class of the NFC East? We love Philly. Mm. Oh my God. I loved it at the beginning of the off season when the Philly number was like eight and a half. Yeah. Now the Philly number is nine and a half. And I, I, you know, that's a little harder to bet, but um, we, our numbers really like Philly. I mean, obviously look, there's still questions about Jalen hurts, but this is a team that was good last year and then added a lot of stuff. Hassan Reddick, uh, Brandon Graham coming back from injury. Uh, James Bradbury, obviously AJ Brown is a huge addition. Like we really think that they could do good things in Philadelphia. That is our division favorite. We like the Cowboys too. I mean, I see what you're saying about how the Cowboys seem to wilt under pressure. And I mean, they were our number one team last year and then they went into the playoffs and was terrible. Uh, That being said, I mean, there's still a lot of talent there and there's still plenty of talent on that defense, which took the big leap forward last year. And I think Dallas is going to be a, playoff team again uh Hmm. washington we're not as high on and like i said we don't like the giants you put it off long enough it's time to replace your tires tire rack has tires that will elevate your drive touring tires for commuter comfort performance tires for sporty handling all-terrain tires for on and off road adventure go to tirerack.com to get started not sure where to begin Use the tire decision guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Bridgestone tires. 
Ship fast and free to a recommended installer near you. Or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. Doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin to see their Bridgestone, test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews, and be sure to check out all their current special offers. Great tires, great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleh Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. I wrote a piece for Fox Sports where 
you know, betting Super Bowl futures, I thought the Green Bay Packers and the Minnesota Vikings were two of the best bets in the league twofold. Number one is because they're both in the NFC, which I think has an easier path to the Super Bowl than the AFC. And number two, I, I, you know, maybe I'm going with the recency bias of Zach Taylor succeeding in Cincinnati. Anybody who had a cup of coffee with uh, McVay turns into an awesome coach, and O'Connell now has Kirk Cousins, Justin Jefferson, Thielen, Dalvin Cook. Like that offense could really, really play well, and they might have a Bengals type year. I know the Bengals got a little lucky, but any thoughts on Vikings and Packers who lost? Uh, Our numbers Adams? weirdly love the Vikings. They love oh. the Vikings rebounding from last year's decline. Um, they like the talent added. Maybe we're giving them too much credit for Zadarius Smith since he's coming off an injury. I don't know, but you know, he's very good player before last year. And Cousins is consistently good. Like Cousins <laughs> is so Cousins is so frustrating. I think he's the player in the NFL with the biggest gap between what scouting people think of him and what the stats think of him. But the stats constantly say Cousins is like the eighth best quarterback in the league. Like even the pro football focus grades, which are more scouting than they are analytics, they like Cousins. Like everything says Cousins. Like I know he doesn't get anyone excited and he's no one's idea of the best quarterback in the league, but he's consistently good. So if that defense can turn things around and you've got a quarterback who's consistently good, and I think they've got an easy schedule based on our numbers, Mm -hmm. That's a dangerous, weirdly dangerous yeah. team. Why do you think there's such a gap with Cousins? Is it the funky throwing motion? Is it that he was like a mid-round pick who wallowed in Washington and then, you know, they tagged him twice? Like, what is it about Kirk Cousins? He, I mean, he doesn't wow you with, like, plays out of structure. Mm-hmm. Um, he doesn't have the greatest arm in the league. You know, a lot of it he's doing because he's in good systems, and 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 I'm sure he'll be in a good system now. It's going to be a different system, but a good system with O'Connell. And the scouting people just feel like the talent is not there. He's Remember I talked about win because of versus yeah. win with? Like, oh, he man. might be the top of the win with guys, but no one sees him as a win because of guy. But the fact yeah. is, every year he goes out there and is like the eighth or ninth best quarterback. Mm. I, I also wonder if Zimmer kind of kind of held them back. He's a he's a let's run the football kind of guy. Let's win with defense, and their defense was terrible last Fantasy year. Fantasy wise, we're expecting Cousins and Jefferson to be even better this year because they're going to throw the ball more in Minnesota. Oh my! Uh, Chicago Bears are worst team in the NFC. We have know, that offensive line slightly Ooh. better than conventional wisdom because we see their defense rebounding a bit. But I mean, the chapter goes into, you know, the sort of discrepancy between what we think of the roster and what the numbers say about their defense possibly rebounding. It's certainly they're a team that I'm like, ah, we might have them a little bit too high when we have them as like the 25th best team in the league instead of like the 31st best mm-hmm. team in the league. Uh, the Detroit Lions, and we're not going to do every single team, but the Detroit Lions go 3-13-1. They did, I believe, lose, according to your write-up, three games at the horn. You know, let's say that it's a, those are coin flip games. Let's say they win two of those. Now they're a five-win team. Uh, they get a lot of guys back on defense, I believe, from injury. Some of their skill position players came along. You know, Dan Campbell for all his warts and the jokey stuff about him. You know, can they sniff 500 this year? Yeah, sneakily reasonable. And if things break their way and they get lucky in close games and with fumble recoveries and stuff and injuries, they absolutely could be a wild card team. Sure. 
Absolutely, Aaron. Come on. That's a three could, well, and thirteen to wild card. Could could be. Like, you know, they're gonna be in the hunt in weeks 12, 13. They're still gonna be in the hunt. We'll see what happens, but I don't think they're gonna go three and thirteen oh. and one again. So you touched on it, close games. So, you know, five years ago, not a lot of people knew were looking at Pythag and close games, flipping year to year and all that stuff. That seems to be very out there in the mainstream now. You can't really look at that and think you're getting any sort of edge because it's so, now the gambling stuff's so popular. Is there anything new that you can look at besides close games and Pythag that is kind of forward thinking and projection as opposed to I mean, to I look, would look at a back? couple of other luck things. I would look at fumble recovery rate. And obviously it depends on the kinds of fumbles because, you know, aborted snaps are recovered by the offense a lot more than like if you throw a 20 yard pass mm-hmm. and the dude fumbles 20 yards downfield. Uh, but I'd look at fumble recovery rates. I would look at uh, field goals against the Patriots were remarkably lucky last year when it came to field goals against them being missed, which they really have no power over unless you block the thing. Mm-hmm. Cleveland on the other hand, the only field goal missed against them all year was one that they blocked against Joey Sly of Houston. Every other field goal against them went through the uprights. That is absolutely not going to happen again. Yeah. Oh, my. See, that's a great nugget. Football Outsiders Almanac. They, they, you just deliver. Um, Carol, I, I, the way you talked about the Detroit Lions, I, I like to think about the Carolina Panthers, given guys coming back from injury, assuming McCaffrey's healthy, I actually think Darnold wins the job, but either Darnold or Baker, I think this could be a nine and eight team in that division um, and and maybe steal a wild card. Your thoughts on the Panthers? I think a healthy Baker Mayfield is a lot better than Sam Darnold. Oh. I think with Baker Mayfield as their quarterback and that defense and JC Horn back, and if he plays yeah. as well as he did in the early part of the season and Brian Burns is not a guy people talk about, but he's very good. Um, yeah. I think that they could sort of like, find their way to nine and eight. The problem with the Panthers is if they find their way to nine and eight and then get decimated in the first round of the playoffs, like, is that a victory in the long term? Like, what are they sure. What are they building there, really? Well, I mean, is it getting to the playoffs, the, 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 the plan? Isn't that good? Yeah, I mean, you know, look, I mean, maybe I am a little bit of the, the jaded New Englander where I'm like, oh, I don't want to make it to the playoffs and just lose in the first round. Whereas for some fan bases, like... Detroit, like they have it, they never make it to the playoffs. So just to make it to the playoffs mm. is super exciting. But if you're talking about building a winning franchise down the line that can compete with the Chiefs and the Chargers in the next few years, like the Baker Mayfield thing doesn't really get you much as far as building for the future. I mean, they could build their mm. defense for the future this year, like JC yeah. Horn and Brian Burns. And there's, you know, there's talented people there on that defense, but. Uh, you know, it's, they're still going to be looking for a quarterback. Okay. Is there a scenario where, you know, the Panthers, like you said, build their defense. They've got a, several new pieces on the offensive line. Healthy McCaffrey. Receivers look good. And they say, you know, Baker's okay, but guess what? Jimmy G's out there lurking. Do we go after Jimmy Garoppolo? And all of a sudden, we're kind of in that maybe, I don't know, upper middle class in the NFC. Tom Brady says, I- I'm, I'm done. And next thing you know, you're looking around and you're like, geez, Russell Wilson's gone. Tom Brady's gone. Aaron Rodgers has, what, one or two more years? You know, we're the Panthers. We can be a perennial wild card playoff team in the NFC. I don't think anybody thinks Garoppolo is that guy. And I can't imagine that the Panthers are going to, even though I think he's better than Mayfield, I can't imagine the Panthers are going to go out and do another quarterback trade. Mm, interesting. All right. I NFC don't know West. where Garoppolo, I don't honestly know where Garoppolo goes. Like the only things that make sense are either Seattle 
or Cleveland after the Watson suspension. Yeah, that's yeah. I like the Cleveland one. I just it's pretty clear Seattle wants to tank, right? Anybody who's hyped Drew Locke this much, I mean, your numbers say Drew Locke's what probably one of the worst what quarterbacks in the last decade. Yeah, he's he's not good <laughs> among starting uh, quarterbacks. Yeah, bad. yeah. Um, Rams repeat. This almost never happens in the NFL, and you know Rams offensive line woes. They they lost a couple guys. I, I know people are excited about Allen Robinson, but I don't know. I like the Matt Stafford drive, the McVay drive. Like they got to the Super Bowl. I know that's kind of narrativey, but I I just I don't see a repeat happening for these guys. I mean, it's very unlikely that a repeat happens because there's plenty of other good teams. It's not like they're the best team in the league by leaps and bounds. They'll be in the mix, though. Allen Robinson thing is really interesting. It's not just that he had bad quarterbacks. Like last year, he was bad. Like he just didn't look good. And it's really hard to know. Did he lose a step or did he just had he just stopped caring about Chicago to such an extent that he really just wasn't trying? And now that he's on a good team, he's like, Back in business, baby. I mean, that's what happened with Randy Moss. So maybe that happens with Allen Robinson. Hmm. Uh, we'll wrap up the NFC with the San Francisco 49ers and Trey Lance. Probably the most mysterious team in, in the NFC, right? I mean, I, I, I don't know what to expect from Lance. I, I crunched the numbers. I think he's thrown less than 400 passes in football in the last four years, Aaron. Yeah, like, and most he, of those were at Division One AA. So right. Yeah. I, 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 how do you how do you guys go about projecting this team? Is this like a, just a stay away, a wait and see? I mean, we have them projected slightly above average. I mean, you can still project your defense, and and you can still project like if it's a rookie quarterback. But based on what the offense has done over the last couple of years, it gives you an idea of what the players are like around him. And you know, we know the Shanahan system leads to a good offense, and so you know, you come out with the offense being like kind of average, even though it's a first time starting quarterback, and so you end up with a team that's slightly above average overall, but you're right that the, um, the, uh, the range of possibilities is, uh, wide. Yeah. It, it, it's a, it's a weird one. I I'm, I'm a Jimmy G guy, so I'm, I'm not rooting against Lance, but I'm not rooting for him. All right, let's, uh, go to the, uh, AFC West, the best division in football, Mahomes, Herbert, Carr, Russell Wilson. I know what the numbers say, Aaron, but I know sometimes you, you're not a slave to the numbers and you come off of the numbers. The Raiders were a 10-7 and 7 team last year but had a minus 65-point differential. Yes. They are a lock for last in the AFC West, correct? I, I wouldn't say lock, but going into the season, they definitely look like the worst of the four teams. They're better than last year. They're not mm-hmm. a minus 65 team this year because of Devontae Adams, among other things, uh, Chandler Jones, but... Uh, yeah, they're the weakest of the four teams in the AFC West. And, and this love for the Chargers and Herbert, I mean, we could do an hour on the history of Chargers failures when expectations are there. You know, I can still basically recall the entire final game of the season, uh, Chargers-Raiders. I, I wanted to see Justin Herbert in the playoffs. Is there too much being put on on the Chargers, given they didn't even make the playoffs last year? There are still some questions about Staley. Where are you on the Chargers? We have them as one of the top teams in the league. Yeah. I mean, talk about turning around the defense. J.C. Jackson and Khalil Mack (laughs) and Sebastian Joseph Day to help with the run defense. I mean, yeah, you know, Jerry Tillery will still be on the field some, but, um, you know, we love Staley as a coach, being analytics people. We think he's great. Uh, Herbert is a fantastic quarterback. The defense should be much better this year. We are absolutely riding with the Chargers. Absolutely. Interesting. I saw a fun stat, Aaron, that teams that spend like drunken sailors in free agency 
I think it's the last five years have all increased their wins by like an average of like three and a half or so, some kind of ridiculous number. Last year, that was the Patriots, your Patriots. This year, could it be the Jacksonville Jaguars who also dumped Urban Meyer and now uh, Doug Peterson, Trevor Lawrence? Do you see Jacksonville making a big leap? I'm going to go away from the numbers now. Subjectively, emotionally, <laughs> don't we all think that Urban Meyer might have been the worst coach in the history of the NFL? Yeah. Going from that to an above average head coach, which is what Doug Peterson is, shouldn't that have a really big impact on this team? And we know how good Lawrence was coming out of college. He was the best quarterback prospect since Andrew Luck. Like he should be much better this year. And so just, this is not a numbers argument, but if those things are true, shouldn't Jacksonville be sniffing 500 and then and maybe even winning a weak division? I mean, we have this as a weak division. We have the whole AFC South projected behind the entire AFC West. Maybe Jacksonville <laughs> wins the thing at nine and eight. Fuck. You put it off long enough, it's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort, performance tires for sporty handling, all-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of general tires. Ship fast and free to a recommended installer near you. Or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. Doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin to see their general tire, test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews, and be sure to check out all their current special offers. Great tires, great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. 
I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast. To start listening. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. You're not in on Matt Ryan and the Colts? Um, no, they, they were. We've been having internal arguments on Matt Ryan and the Colts. Interesting. Like Derek Klassen, who's our film guy, thinks Ryan still has a lot left and he'll really fit into Frank Reich's offense. Uh, some of us feel like he's definitely declining. He's not on the Tom Brady aging path. He's on the more <laughs> traditional quarterback aging path. So, um, you know, I we have the Colts defense declining a little bit. Jonathan Taylor was so good last year. He's not going to be that good again. There's real questions about the receivers. There's real questions at left tackle. Mm. Um, I mean, I think the Colts are more of a 500 team. I, their number in Vegas right now is 10. Like I would yeah. really go under on that. Really? Okay. So the, about three years in a row, I bet the Titans under and Derrick Henry's made me look like a jackass every single year. This has to be the year, right? There's no way losing A.J. Brown, the questions with Tannehill and the, and the kid they drafted, and Henry coming off the injury. There's no way they're a double-digit win team, right? I mean, I would go Titans under two. Yeah, like I said, I mean, we've got the whole AFC South with an average projection, and all. You know, we do all these different simulations. The average projection is under 500 for all four teams in the division. So um, I would much rather go under 10 on the Colts than under nine on the Titans. But if you made me go over or under on both of them, I'm going under on both. Okay. When you hear the phrase um, Super Bowl hangover and somebody applies it to the Bengals, do you just involuntary vomit in your mouth? Or like, is that just something so bad to a numbers I, I'd guy? I'd have to care in order to vomit. <laughs> <in my mouth. laughs> uh, but that being said, uh, the Bengals got very lucky last year. The, the hangover um, is that they were an average team during the regular right. season, right? I mean, that's it's not. There's no hangover. It's just they weren't as good during the regular season as they were in the playoffs. So, will they be better than that this year? Probably. Will that mean more wins? Probably not. And that also has to do with the division being a lot tougher. I mean, the Ravens injuries, uh, Cleveland with Watson, and like you said, maybe Garoppolo. If uh, yeah. Let me ask Pittsburgh nine seven and one with a, a below average Ben Roethlisberger. I mean, if Trubisky can be average, assuming he wins the job, like 
Steelers defense is going to keep them in the mix, right? That division, once again, remains very tough. Yeah, absolutely. Assuming it's not Jacoby Brissett at quarterback for Cleveland, that division looks very tough. Yeah, I mean, Baltimore is going to come back with all those injuries last year and guys getting healthy and how good Baltimore was in 2019 and 2020. Like, they're going to rebound. I like them to win that division. It's a strong division, the AFC North. Yeah, it, just looking at the AFC, we didn't even mention the top two teams, the Chiefs and the Bills. It, it, this feels like the first time in, I guess, three years that the Chiefs are not number one coming in, right? Losing Tyreek Hill has to matter. And and I'm assuming Buffalo, you guys have them in the Super Bowl. We have Buffalo as the Super Bowl favorite, yeah. Now, I will say our simulation always comes out very conservative. And this year it came out even more conservative than usual. In other words, the teams are clustered closer to 500 than even more than they usually are for us, hmm. which sort of suggests that it's like anybody's ball game. But out of those teams, even though they're clustered closer to 500, the best one is pretty clearly the Buffalo Bills. Yeah. How do you guys adjust the numbers when you see something like Brian Dable was hugely responsible for Josh Allen becoming a great quarterback? We can all agree on that. And now Brian Dable leaves. Yeah. Like, you. Uh, you can talk about sort of what happens to teams when they have new offensive coordinators and new schemes in general, but it's really hard to do an analytical adjustment for a specific coach because we just don't have the history. Mm -hmm. Like how many jobs has Dable had where he ran the actually ran the offense to be able to go, okay, Dable is really good. Cause I'll tell you the jobs he's had where he's run the offense. were not this good until the last couple of years. So even if we did like a special Dable variable, it wouldn't actually be that good. Yeah, to like go go back to the Vikings and, and O'Connell, I read somewhere that he's never called play never called plays uh when he was with the Rams. Now I again I don't know how that if that's factual, how that works, but like to expect a guy from going not calling plays to being the head coach of a Vikings team with some expectations, like again, that's something how do you quantify that? I mean we quant I mean the fact is that in general, all other things being equal, teams with new coordinators do take to tend, uh, tend to take a little step back. Um, we just happen to like enough other things about the Vikings that we like the Vikings overall. But in general, teams with new coordinators do tend to take a step back. After that, we can't really adjust for the specific coordinators because there's no evidence of how good yeah. Kevin O'Connell is. So how do you adjust? I mean, you know, in part, that's why we write a bunch of words in our book instead of just <laughs> running a bunch of numbers. Like then, you know, we want to talk about these coaches and who we think is good and who we think is bad. We put that in the paragraphs. So the uh, to wrap up the macro NFL overview, the Miami Dolphins, I, I love Tua at Alabama. Then he had the injury. I have not liked what I've seen in the NFL, but – Smart teams with the quarterback on the rookie deal add a star receiver. Yeah. Insert Tyreek Hill in there, and my gosh, if Tua can't find success with Waddle and uh, the tight end and Tyreek Hill, like there's going to be major problems there. But they also have a new head coach, a guy McDaniel from the from the 49ers. That's a lot to take in. Are expectations too high, Aaron, for Miami? I think a little bit, but I mean, they could match them. I think in general, it's like we have the Patriots slightly above 500 and the Dolphins slightly below 500, but it could definitely be switched. I mean, neither of them is winning the division. Unless the Bills get racked by injuries, the Bills are winning the division. Yes, clearly. Um, all right, so now the largely speaking about gambling and futures. Listen, I don't always advocate guys, hey, tie up money with six months before the season starts, you know, for X team That's to win the, hard the Super That's the thing with the over-unders, yeah. 
and, and over-unders as well. I am curious if any any over-unders jumped out at you as, man, that would be maybe a little more than pizza money or a Super Bowl futures. Now, I can toot my horn. I did hit the Rams Super Bowl future last year. I just loved the Stafford move. I was bullish on Stafford. Is there any Super Bowl future or over-unders that you really, really like? I haven't looked at the Super Bowl futures. I think the Eagles would probably be the Super Bowl future that I would lean wow. towards. I don't know what the odds are, but given what conventional wisdom is on them, I think that that would probably be the one I would take to get the best odds. I mean, the likelihood you're going to hit it is low, but it probably mm-hmm. has good odds. As far as over-unders go, I like under 10 on the Colts. Hmm. Uh, I like... Uh, I actually kind of like under eight and eight point five on the Cardinals. We think oh, why? defense is going to really come back to oh, earth. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, I like over eight on the Saints. Oh yeah, we did talk about the Saints. Their the wide receiver room <laughs> error went from a bunch of guys last year to like Michael. Um, I'm spacing on his Michael name. Michael Thomas, Thomas, the kid they Olave. drafted from Ohio. Yeah. yeah. And Jarvis Landry, but they have the number one projected defense in our projections. So if they manage to have an average offense with a top defense, that is a good team. Good enough to beat Tampa Bay? Probably not. Good enough to beat eight and nine? I absolutely think so. Aaron, is this a bit of a reach? Should we be correlating unders to the rugged, brutal uh, AFC? and more likely to bet overs in the NFC where there's really only a handful of good teams. Oh, no, I, I mean, think I know it's, that's probably priced into the overs and unders. Vegas okay. prices that in. Um, what about NF, NFC West and AFC West play one another? So it, did that factor into your Cardinals under eight and a half? I mean, yes, they have, uh, they have, I believe the second hardest schedule in the league by our numbers. And it's the mm. hardest schedule in the league if Watson is not suspended. Oh, jeez. Now, I, I do need to ask about that. When you see Kyler Murray getting a massive contract, they just made the playoffs, but you're looking at the under and second hardest schedule. This is setting up for some internal issues, shall we say, in Arizona going forward. Yeah, I mean, I, I absolutely think... Um, this is the year we're going to find out if Cliff Kingsbury can coach the second half of the season, because with Hopkins coming back at mid season, they have all the reason in the world to not go in the tank in the second half, the way that Cliff Kingsbury's teams have done going all the way back to Texas tech. But no, you're absolutely right. If our projections are, are borne out and you know, they don't all come true, but if the Arizona one does, there's going to be a lot of people sniping at each other in Arizona. Yeah. By the way, all Arizona right. opens with, Kansas City, then at the Raiders, then versus the Rams. So three playoff teams from last year. Then at the Panthers, cross-country trip, uh, versus the Eagles, uh, and Seahawks, Saints, Vikings. The end of their their schedule is really hard. They have three straight road games that are usually against good teams. Mm, Yeah, it it is not a favorable schedule. You're right, man. That is brutal. Um, All right, Aaron. Any other uh, thoughts you have on the league? Um, you know, any fantasy thoughts other than the Kirk Cousins, Justin Jefferson love? Uh, are we going to see Burrow step back a little bit, you think? Uh, no, I think Burrow will step forward. I think Burrow will take fewer sacks. And they'll, I mean, you know, his numbers per attempt may not be quite as good as last year, but I think he'll probably have more attempts because the offense will be on the field more because he'll take fewer sacks. Mm, yeah, they got three new starting offensive linemen. Uh, you guys historically don't have anything on 
what when a team adds two or three new starters on the offensive line. Uh, not anything that's at the tip of my tongue, though. No. Yeah, yeah. That, that, that that's the kind of thing that I have concerns with. Like that doesn't happen overnight, right? Um, no, that's not going to be fixed. There's no question that you know all other things being equal, it's good to have continuity on the offensive line. But when you're as bad as they were last year, you don't want continuity. You want new. And lastly, Aaron, um, all we heard last year was, man, Denver's got such a great roster. The defense is loaded. The receivers. Uh, Denver just needs a quarterback. Well, they have one now. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, the schedule is very tough. But where are you on the Broncos? Is this if, if they made the Super Bowl, would you be stunned? No, I wouldn't be stunned. Yeah. But you have to read the Denver chapter to get the full story. But I'm going to give the quick version right here. People do not understand last year's Broncos at all because of the way they played at a very slow pace and the way their special teams were and the way the offense didn't turn the ball over very much. Their defense had the, like the best average starting line of scrimmage of any defense. So when you look at yards per play and yards per drive rather than points allowed, Denver was a slightly below average defense last year. Like the fact that they were third in the league in points allowed is a complete like statistical distortion. Mm. They were better on offense than you think and worse on defense. So I don't think the Denver defense is going to be good this year. Yes, I know Patrick Sertain, not dissing on Patrick Sertain. I know Gregory and Chubb. Let's see if Gregory and Chubb can stay healthy. But overall, the numbers suggest it's not a really good defense. Their offense, on the other hand, does have weapons and a good offensive line and now Russell Wilson. So we like their offense this year. But the idea that you're adding Russell Wilson to this great defense is a statistical distortion. So how does that happen with the the average starting position? Is that a big uh, pro? Their special teams was just incredible? Uh, it's not that their special teams was good. It was that they play in Denver. And so you've got the high altitude leading to longer kickoffs and longer punts Mm. and their offense just didn't turn the ball over much. And they just played very slowly. So they, one reason that Denver allowed so few points is they faced fewer drives than any other defense because their offense played so slowly. Jeez, see, that's the kind of stuff that you're not just going to get reading regular stories. Football Outsiders Almanac, uh, Almanac Aaron Schatz. Uh, Aaron, I love bringing you on and, and chopping this up. We'll definitely have you on during the season. Thank you for this stuff. And um, 539 pages, man, how you spent your summer vacation. Uh, everybody's thankful. Yeah, the, uh, the online version of the Football Outsiders Almanac, reading it online and downloading a PDF, you need to be an FO Plus subscriber. So go to our site, footballoutsiders.com slash subscribe. There's actually a 20% off sale until the end of July on FO Plus subscriptions. Or you can get the physical, big, gigantic, it kills mosquitoes when you smash them version of the book at Amazon. Just search for Football Outsiders Almanac 2022. Yeah, holy cow. Great stuff. All right, man. Thanks a lot. And uh, I would say good luck to your Patriots, but you know I'm a Jets guy. So, all right, Aaron. Let's, Thanks, man. let's all avoid the bills. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at first, first listen. listen. This season... We're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. 
Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here and this season takes it to a whole new level old school legends modern power players and ex-lovers are all competing in cape town south africa for the prize of three hundred thousand dollars and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast listen to mtv's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts carol g juan gabriel christina aguilera what do these three have in common You mean apart from impeccable style, chart-topping canciones, and drama? Facts, yes, all of the above are correct. But most importantly, they're some of the biggest Latin icons in the world. And they're just a few of the game-changing Latin stars we're covering in Becoming an Icon Season 2. Listen to Becoming an Icon on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.